0: Okay, well, a lot going on, hey. It's exciting. Um, God is on the move. Uh, We've had an exciting couple of days, actually, Adam and myself and a few others. We've been to the New Ground Leadership Conference. And if you're new here or uh, visiting today, uh, New Ground is part of a a network, a, a family of churches that we at Hope Church belong to, that we're part of. And we're just hearing over the last few days about all that God is doing through New Ground and, and New Frontiers, which is the larger network of churches. Um, churches being planted, um, impacting communities. That's kind of what we've been hearing. Uh, we heard yesterday, Dave Holden, who heads up New Ground, uh, kind of really recast the vision, didn't he, for, for New Ground. Of, uh, let's see if I can remember them. They are impacting communities, planting churches, raising up leaders, and reaching the nations. And you know what we've been hearing about this morning is us playing our part in that. Adam was talking about the offering next week is we need the building to be bigger because uh, the church is growing in size because we are reaching people. We're reaching the nations, actually, here. We have... Africans amongst us we have uh, Europeans amongst us we have Brazilians amongst us this is exciting we are playing our part of Hope Church of reaching the nations and impacting communities now we can always do more but we need to trust Jesus press into him and I'm excited about all that God is doing through the church but we need to know him we need to press into him. We need to walk closely with him. And this morning, we're going to be continuing in our discipleship series. I I hope you found the last few weeks helpful as we were looking at the, the subject of worship. We're looking about why it is we worship, who we worship. And Adam really helpfully kind of tried to demystify, um, you know, that... The the real practical side of worshiping and raising your hands and stuff like that, and bringing words. I hope you found that really helpful. And this morning, we're going to be looking at disciples having faith because we need, as we look to keep moving forward with Jesus and all the call that He has over your life and the life of Hope Church, Seven Oaks, we need to have faith, but also. There's that tension, isn't there, of we, have, we doubt as well sometimes. I, I, I don't think there's a Christian that's ever lived that didn't struggle with doubt. I, I do sometimes as well. I have doubt. And I, as I was praying about um, where we should go with this this morning, I felt God lead me to um, John 11. So it's going to appear on the screen behind me, but also be really good for you to just look in your Bibles or on your phones or your... Tablets, whatever you know, you young people do these days. Um, so, jo- the Gospel of John from chapter 11. Now, I'm actually going to read quite a bit today. We're going to work our way through quite a story here today as we're looking at some disciples of Jesus. They're real friends of his. Um, I'm going to get through quite a bit, but what I'm going to do is kind of read a bit, look at it, and then. Talk about it and then carry on and read a bit more. So let's um, go from verse 1. John 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Straight away we see God, Jesus' passion for God's glory. Our lives are as you are in Christ. We are to live our lives for the glory of God. He also points out something here when he says, this illness does not lead to death. I think that also just gives us a little window into that some illness does. We we are to actively pursue praying for the sick. We are to actively pursue him for his miracles, which I'm going to touch on later. But sometimes illness, as we all know, if you've lived at any time, for any amount of time in this life, some illness leads to death. And there's this tension, isn't there? This is why we can struggle with doubt. And even Jesus says this illness, this illness doesn't lead to death. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, what would you put next? So, Jesus went straight away and helped Lazarus and healed him. That's what I would have put. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed for two days longer where he was. Um, I'm not sure if my interpretation's right here. We um, need to get some scholars in, get the interpretation right. No, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed for two days longer where he was. What? Jesus, did you not hear? Lazarus is ill. You ever done that? You sent word to Jesus, and nothing. Uh, Jesus, did you hear? Lazarus is ill. Will you come in? And then there's silence. You ever done that? Sent word to Jesus. See, this is where this tension comes in. We, we, it's all gone quiet. You, you know when you've met Jesus, you know he's got all the power. You know that he lives in you. He's made promises to you. You know that you've been transformed. You are a new creation. That The power of him, of his omnipotence, lives within inside you. You have Holy Spirit conviction that he can do anything. But you send word to Jesus, and he stays where he is for two days longer. But what we have to remember here, when we look at this, Jesus loved Martha. So we have to remember, Jesus is love. And we have to submit to his schedule. Psalm 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and take courage, all you who wait on the Lord. In Romans 4, uh, it talks about Abraham and waiting on the fulfillment of the promises. He didn't waver in unbelief and he grew strong in faith. And the process of waiting put something in Abraham. Do you trust him? Do you trust in his timing? There's a schedule. Do you know that? There's a schedule. He has a schedule. Are you at peace with that? Or do you want your own timing? I want my own timing. You see, if you're not at peace with that, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs 13, verse 22. If you're not at peace, if it's not at the core of your being, the goodness and the love of Christ, when things you're longing for don't come in your timing, your heart becomes sick. Trust in his timing. You have to be in a place where we say, Jesus, I know there's a delay going on here because you love me. It's not easy. I'm not just saying we can say that and do it. Go. It's not easy. But there's a delay going on because he loves you. Moving on. Verse 7. Then... After he said this to the disciples, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he doesn't stumble. Because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This is, could be confusing if you're a disciple. Uh, Jesus, we don't want to go there because it's going to be dangerous and they're after you. And Then Jesus comes and starts talking about walking in daylight and night. Now we're just saying don't go there because it's, been, it's dangerous. But Jesus is on another level here. He starts talking about walking in the daylight. Uh, that wasn't the question we were talking about, Jesus. What are you going on about? Um, But what, what Jesus is touching on here is walking with him. What really matters is staying close to God here. So often we can worry and pray about the how and the where, but we miss the importance of who we're walking with. The danger Jesus' warning here is walking in darkness, making decisions on your own back, making your own plans, and then saying, God bless them. See, Jesus is on another level. Do you ever get that? You ask these questions, and then God comes back with something else. Jesus is always on another level. Stay close to Jesus. Walk closely with him. Confess your sin to him. That's really important. Confess your sin to him. You know, when we know of Christians that may have fallen away from the faith, that slipped away through some sort of moral failure or something like that, it's never because it's just one big event happened. It's because lots of little things happened in secret because they weren't confessing their sin to him and, and keep being accountable to others. Keeping things secret. Jesus is on another level. Walk with him. Walk in the light. Helps me, reading these verses. Because these disciples, it helps me realise I can be a disciple. Because I'm constantly confused. That's why I look like this. I'm constantly (laughs) confused. But reading these verses, I realised, yeah, I, I can be a disciple. Especially after these verses, from verse 11. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death. But they thought he meant he was having a nap. Then <laughs> Jesus told them plainly, no, no, fellas, guys, he's, he's dead. He's not having a nap. He's died. Oh, right. Oh, I see. See, this helps me because I'm constantly confused. I'm saying, Lord, what about this? What about? Oh, right. Okay. I get this. It helps me. Okay, yeah, I can be a disciple. You know, you don't have to have it all figured out because we can read here. These disciples who walked with Jesus closely were with him day after day. They didn't. They didn't have it all figured out. No, he's not dead, and I think he's trying to start to stir faith in them because Lazarus is dead. But what he's saying is that no, he's he's. What I see is actually he's just asleep. And then he says something phenomenal. That He says, verse 15, And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, so that you may believe. But let's go to him. I'm glad I wasn't there. What? Jesus, you're you're all loving, you're all powerful, you're glad that he died. So that you may believe. He's showing the disciples here and us to exercise our faith. Doubt will come. We may not understand, but ultimately he will come through. Our faith and the disciples here, their faith will be exercised and grow when we wait patiently upon the Lord. As we see with Mary later in the story, it's all too easy to let the if-onlys rob us of our faith and who Jesus is. When he actually wants the unanswered prayer to do the very opposite. He wants us to exercise our faith. When you saw Herman standing here a minute ago, I don't know if you noticed, but he's quite hench. He's got some muscles on his arms here. He didn't get that just by turning up to the gym once. No, he, he, ex- he does re- regularly exercises um, those guns on, you know. <laughs> he regularly exercises, and that's what Jesus is wanting to do, is exercise our faith, wait patiently on him. You've got to keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, because hope deferred makes the heart sick. Persevere, be patient. They're not fashionable words these days, are they? Perseverance. We want next day delivery, instant um, gratification. Persevere, be patient. They're biblical words. And then um, Thomas, who we all love at the end, verse 16 says, uh, let's also go with him so we can die. (laughs) All right, Thomas, chill out, mate. (laughs) Calm down. But there's something in what he says. I mean, I think Thomas is also confused. Because he's still saying, well, he's going to die. But let's go anyway. All right, Thomas. We all love a Thomas. Let's die with him. Because following Jesus, the invitation is, if anyone will come to me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. He's calling us to die. The call to follow Christ is not when you become a Christian. Life will be easy. Life will be fantastic. No, he's saying die to yourself. Have you done that? To your hopes, to your dreams, to your, pl- your plans. Die to yourself. Matthew 10 Verse 39 says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you're looking for freedom and liberty in Christ, something you've been searching for, trying to grow in your faith, but you're just not quite there, you're struggling, and I don't know why I can't get this liberty and freedom that I see in other people. I think I just want to suggest this morning that it's because you're, you just, there's a resistance there. you're not quite willing to die to yourself. You're afraid to die, to let go. See, to follow Christ, daily you have to say no to stuff. Daily. But you're scared, what's going to happen if I really embrace this? But I tell you, if you really embrace this, what will happen if you die to yourself? He will raise you up you will find resurrection life. You will find life and life in all its freedom and goodness because he has a better plan for you than you could ever manage or muster or come up with. I was talking to somebody this week who, uh, talking about plans for their life, and I said, God's got a great plan for your life. But they said, and I said, you need to ask him. And they said, well, what if I don't like what he says? I said, he's the creator, he's the almighty, he's got a far, far, far greater plan than you could ever imagine. I had a rubbish plan for my life. <clears throat> but God has a greater plan for my life. He has a better plan for you. He will raise you up. Let's move on. You've got plenty of time before the football. Let's, let's not worry. <laughs> Okay, verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. And the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Jesus meets Martha outside the town. She tells Jesus, she she believes Lazarus will rise again. She gives Jesus a sound theology lesson, a creedal statement about the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus interrupts her sound theology and says, No, now. Now is the time. Now is the time for action. And this shows us that we must never, never stop trusting him to act now. Never let past disappointments stop you from praying for anything. Never let past disappointment stop you from being bold and sharing your faith. It says um, in 1 Peter to always have a reason, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Always, always, always be prepared. Never let disappointment stop you. I just want to confess something to you this morning. I let disappointment Stop me from going out on the streets of Seven Oaks. Because when we came back, I found it difficult. We had some success, but I found it difficult going out on the streets. It, was a diff- it is a difficult town to do street evangelism. But I let disappointment and failure stop me. But God doesn't think I'm a failure. And God really spoke to me and did something in me. And I said, I'm going again. I'm going again. And I've got a new evangelistic partner in Karamia. <laughs> Karamia, stand up. I want you to give this woman a round of applause. <laughs> she is bold for the gospel. She is bold for Jesus. We're a great team. We go out and she goes in like a bulldozer. And, um, and then we just have great conversations. We went out, we've done it once and we're going to go out again. We had some really good conversations, didn't we? And we're going to go out again. But I let past disappointments stop me. Don't let it stop you. Past disappointments stop you. See, we can theorize and come up with reasons, uh, but Jesus has the power now to act. Jesus has the power now to heal. Persevere now. He wants to act. Let's move on. Verse 28. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And then he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Really short verse here, verse 35, Jesus wept. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Verse 36, so the Jews said to her, see how he loved him. But some of them said, he, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? See, a few things here. We see disappointment. Jesus, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. We see Jesus weeping. I mean, what's that about? Because Jesus, you could have just gone, boom, done, healed. It's all fixed. And sometimes there's disappointment. And we wonder what we should do. But I think what these verses show us here is what we shouldn't do, is be stoic about it, stiff up a lip about it. It's okay to cry, it's okay to weep and not worry about what God will think about us being disappointed because I think what God will do, what Jesus will do, is he'll probably weep with you. He'll probably weep with you. See, what we see here, and all through the New Testament, in the crucifixion, is that God didn't remove himself from evil and suffering. But in Jesus, God puts himself at the center of it. In Christ, this God-man, Jesus experienced the greatest depth of pain and suffering and rejection. He was rejected. He was separated from the Father which is the most painful thing for him. Um, Lindsay's got a painting, I, I can't see it now, but she's got this painting, of it's over at the back there. Have a look when you go out, there's a painting of the Father turning his face away from Jesus on the cross. And this was what was painful for him, because Jesus was separated from, from the Father. You see, when we lose somebody that we know, it It hurts. When we lose somebody, when we're separated from somebody that, like, is a sibling, or a child, or a partner, it, it's painful. It, it, it's awful. It, but Jesus and the Father, their souls—very souls—were intertwined for all eternity, and they were separated on the cross. You see, when he died on that, he did that for you and for me. That's what Malcolm was talking about this morning, that Jesus went through that pain, went through that anguish and that separation, that he hung on that cross for you and for me. That anguish, that pain that none of us can ever experience. And I'm not trying to um, squash any difficulty or pain that you may have been through in your life but this pain and anguish that Jesus went through we cannot even begin to imagine but he did it for you and for me and it's a choice that we have to make I was talking to my son over dinner last night about the sacrifice that Jesus made Dinner time is a great time for indoctrination in my house. <laughs> Starts at breakfast time, actually. But he, did, he paid that price so that we could be free of our sin. Jesus hung on the cross so that you can make that choice that Malcolm was talking about, to follow him, that you can be free from every thing, every thought that you have done or going to do you can be free from that and gives you hope for eternity that you have a a hope and assurance that when you die and leave this earth you will be with him for eternity all because of the pain and the anguish that he went through on the cross he did it for you and you can make that choice this morning He did it because we have a hope now that goes beyond the grave. A hope that tells us one day all the brokenness, all the pain will be gone. And every tear will be wiped from our eyes. You see, just because our finite minds cannot plunge the depths of the universe and find answers and reasons for suffering it doesn't mean that there can't be any but in Jesus we face suffering with hope and courage rather than bitterness and despair because outside of him there is no hope outside of him there is just despair and darkness but in in Jesus there is hope And here in Jesus, we see that He cares, He loves, he weeps with us, he sympathizes, and ultimately he saves us. We are out of time now this morning, but I just want you to remember I didn't even get to the bit where he raised, the good bit where he was risen. <laughs> but just in case you haven't read it, Lazarus rises from the dead) <laughs> But I just want you to know that he went through that pain. He understands your doubt. He understands your struggles. And he weeps when you weep. And he understands your pain. Because he is a God who is not separate from us, who is not um, far from us. But he is one that came down and joined in because he loves us. Can I ask you to stand and we're going to pray. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you that you know. You know everything about us. You know our thoughts. You know our struggles. You know our pain. You love us. You weep with us. You rejoice with us. Lord, will you come and meet with us afresh today? He can take your doubts. He is able to withstand your questions. He is able to take your tears. He says, come to me this morning and and find rest. Come to me this morning and find hope. If you're here this morning and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you don't know Jesus like you have heard others. You can do that this morning. You can give your life to Jesus won't all be fixed straight away. This isn't a quick fix, but you will have hope. You will have a peace. He gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And you can just come to him this morning and say, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you take my sin away. Come and take first place in my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and fill us afresh, Lord. Help us keep our eyes fixed on you, Not just this morning, not just this week, but Lord, as we walk with you, as we go forward, help us keep our eyes fixed on you. We don't want our hearts to become sick. We want to keep our eyes fixed on you. And I pray that over us this morning as a, a body of believers, your church, your glorious church, Lord. Help us keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen.